Luke chapter 5. Is there any way we could turn the lights up some out here? I can like see the first two rows and that's it. That's a lot better. Thank you. <clears throat> All right, Luke chapter 5. If you're there, I'll give you a moment. Just say amen when you get there. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 5, verses 1. When you're there, say amen. If you're not there, say hold up. Okay, we'll wait till everybody's there. Jesus, Caleb. I've never heard somebody play like that. Everybody there? Luke chapter 5, verse 1. All right, I'm going to read verses 1 through 11. Is that okay? It reads, And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Genesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake, but two fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon Peter's, and prayed him, prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon Peter, Launch out into the deep, and let your nets, let your nets down for a draw. And Simon Peter answered unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. Verse 6, and when they had this done and enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their nets break, and they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. Verses 8, when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him at the amount of fishes that they had taken. Verses 10, verse number 10. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon Peter. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not. From henceforth you shall catch men, or be fishers of men. Verse 11. And when they had brought their lands, their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We praise you. We worship you in the house tonight. And we thank you for what you've already done. And I ask God that everything that comes from my mouth, God, may it come from you, God. And I thank you that every, every person in this place, God, that their mind would be open, God, their hearts and their spirits would be open to receive everything that you have for them. Father, we come against every distraction, God, that would deter them from the word that you have to speak on their life. And I thank you, Father, that, they would get, that that distraction would go so that they would be able to pick up not what I'm speaking to them, God, but what you are speaking through me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So my title this morning is, Can I Use Your Boat? So look at your neighbor and say, can I use your boat? You're probably wondering where in the world is he going with this, but just let me build some foundation and you'll understand. Is that okay? Can I use your boat? I love this text because everything in this text is moving. Everything is changing. Everything in it is either pass or coming or passing. The text starts about talking about the people because with God, everything starts with people. 
Your greatest resource in your life is people. Jesus didn't die for a dollar. He didn't die for the new car, the new dress, the new shoes, the new brand, or the new slang. When, he, when God thought that what, what, would, what would be something that is important enough for me to invest in, he invested in people. So the text starts out talking about the value of people. This is kind of building a foundation to my sermon, so just, just go along with me. Is that okay? You will never go far in God if you don't value what he values. If you value principle more than people, you'll live a miserable life. You missed it. Jesus didn't die for principles. He died for people. Jesus was surrounded by people. A lot of times our problem isn't that we don't love God. It's that we don't love people. God cannot use you to your full potential until you learn how to love people. Because most of the time, God wants to love his people through you. And if he can't love them through you, then he can't use you. If, he can't, if you can't love them, then he can't use you. If I gave you a stock that Bill Gates just invested $1 billion in, would you invest in it? You guys can answer. By the way, you guys can feedback to me. Well, yeah, of course, Bill Gates did. God invested in people, and if you are not investing in people, then God cannot use you. The Bible says that people were all around Jesus. In this scripture, it says that they were pressing unto Jesus. Jesus looked out, and he saw two boats, and one of them belonged to Peter. There were two boats, and one of them belonged to Peter. Jesus walks over to Peter and says, you're washing your nets. Let me use your boat. Now, I'm amazed that there were two boats that Jesus could have asked Peter to use, and he decides to ask Peter, can I use the boat that you were using? There's two boats that Jesus could have chose from, but he chose from Peter's boat. He walks over, I see you're washing your nets, but can I use your boat? Let me use your boat. This is where it starts to get good because Peter learned, Peter learned quickly that when he loaned Jesus his boat, what Peter saw as a boat quickly became Jesus' platform. Peter just saw a boat, but what Jesus saw was a platform. Dear Jesus. The boat was just a pull for Peter's a tool for Peter's business. That's what Peter thought. And, and in the scripture, you can, you'll find out that, that Peter, Peter's fishing business must have been good because he had partners in this fishing business. And people don't partner with failure, so his business must have been good. So the boat that Peter had built, Jesus begins to use as a platform. And I found out that God will give you anything if you'll give it back to him. God wants to use your platform today. You think it's a degree, you think it's a talent, you think it's a technique, you think it's a voice, you think it's just a gift, you think it's just a job, but no, God sees it as a platform. And can I tell you that you will never see the power of your boat until you see it as God's platform. You will never see the full purpose in what you have until you recognize that God gave it to you. You will never see the full purpose in what you have until you recognize that God gave it to you. Right now, Peter just sees this boat as just an ordinary boat, but God sees it as a platform. The boat comes into the text as a boat, but it's passing through as a platform. Peter had just finished in the story a long day at work, ready to go home, and I'm sure he's ready to relax after a long day at work, and then Jesus walks by. Can I use your boat? I want you to think for a moment about your boat. I want you to think 
For, I want you to think a moment about the platforms that God has put in your life. I want you to just take a moment and think about that. That whatever God gave you, can he use it as his platform in your life? See, the, the, the boat was, was, was truly never given to Peter just to fish. Jesus didn't mind that Peter fished, but, 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 but he knew that Peter wasn't just buying a boat. Peter was eventually going to buy a platform for Jesus to walk on. God gave you that job that you have, that, those friends that you have, your ability, your talent, and your family to be used as his platform. Look at your neighbor and say, can he use your boat? Can he use your boat? So Peter responds quickly. He says, sure, you can use my boat. And this is a pivotal moment in this story because if Peter would have said no, he would have lost his entire purpose. He would have lost his entire purpose. He discovered his purpose just by saying yes. He discovered his purpose by being generous and loving people. Peter discovers his purpose by being generous and loving people. And can I just tell you real quick that nasty will close some doors right in your face. Nasty will lock you out of prosperity. Nasty will lock you out of open doors, out of blessings, out of favor, and out of the anointing. You see, God doesn't always promise to come and work through people that you think he would work through. He doesn't always promise that. I can just imagine Peter sitting here after a long day at work, ready to go home, and Jesus walks by and asks him, can I use your boat? See, I have always, Peter, Peter gives a great definition of character in this moment. I've always valued character by how you treat people that you, you, that you think you wouldn't need. See, it doesn't mean anything to me how, how I see you treat big people. I watch how you treat the busboy, the waiter, the janitor, because that shows me how you would treat someone big if they ever got down. That was a great place to shout, anyway. See, I don't need to know that I'm loved when I'm up. I just need to know that will I get the same love when I'm going down? You all better preach at me now. Come on now. I need to know that will, will the same people be there for me when I'm down? See, the test comes in this story not when, when, when you're getting blessed, but when you become the blesser. Jesus asked Peter, can I use your boat? I can, I can imagine Peter, look, man, I'm tired. It's been a long day. I've been out on these waters forever. All day long, I've been out on these waters. And I'm done. I've brought the boat all the way back to shore. And you know that I'm done. And you're going to walk up to me and ask, can I use your boat? Can I use your boat? And Jesus walks over and say, can I use your boat? And I'm imagining that if, if Jesus would have said no, he would have shut the door on everything else that God wanted to do in his life. Just follow me. It'll come, I promise. He asked, can I use your boat? Now, if Jesus came to me and asked, can I use your car? Can I use your house? Well, of course, I would say yes, because in that moment, I would know that it was Jesus. But in this story, Peter doesn't know that this is Jesus. Peter just sees some random person walking up to him and asking him, can I use your boat? And I just wonder tonight, how many doors have shut on your life because you have said no to people? You've ignored people. You've shut doors. How many doors on your life have been shut because you have not been generous to people? 
How many doors could have been shut in your life just because you weren't generous and loved people? In this story, in this moment, Peter doesn't know this is Jesus. It's just some random guy walking up to him asking him for something of Peter's. We would have been like, listen, man, I had a long day. Maybe, maybe come by. We would have just shrugged him off. We would have just shrugged him off. <laughs> Peter did not know that this was Jesus. Peter didn't know that his yes, saying yes to the boat, would be the catalyst that would open up the door that would change his entire life. See, you never know who it is that you may be talking to. You never know who it is that you may be talking to. You just think that person's ordinary. Peter didn't think that. Peter didn't know that that was Jesus coming up and asking him, can I use your boat? That person you're always rude to, that person could be the very person that's wanting that God has sent to change your life forever. I believe that God is about to send somebody your way that is about to change the trajectory of your life. So Jesus thrust out a little from land, this is what the Bible says, so that he could minister to the people. Notice that Jesus got the, the boat for the people, not the people for the boat. He got the boat because it gave him a platform to affect change with people. You think God has sent you on that job for money. God just needed a platform. You think God has put you in that family by coincidence. God just needed a platform. You think God has surrounded you with those friends. Nope. God just needed a platform. You think God puts you in that place by coincidence. No. He needed a platform. He needed a platform. Look at your neighbor. Can I use your boat? That's what Jesus said. Can I use your boat, Peter? God just needed a platform. God gave you that job for the platform. He gave you your degree for a platform. He gave you your favor, not so you could feel important, but for the platform. He didn't give you influence so you could stick your chest out. He gave it to you for the platform. And as long as you understand that it's really his, you can have it. But the moment you think it's yours, it's gone. The moment you think it's yours, it's God. Can I go as far as saying that God gave you your spouse as a platform? God gave you your singleness as a platform. He gave you your looks as a platform. He gave you your ethnicity as a platform. He made you as you are for a platform. You were created the way you are for a platform. Don't let the devil come at your identity. You were created the way you are as a platform. As a platform. Y'all being quiet up in this Presbyterian church. He made you like you are so he could be represented through you and through your life as a platform. Whatever God let you have, he gave it to you saying, can I use your boat? That car you have, he gave it to you asking, can I use it? That job he gave you, yeah, it came with, can I use it? Can I use it? You're alive in the earth today right now not to have any more birthday parties, but because God needs a platform. God needs a platform. The Bible says that Lazarus got sick and died for the glory of God. Job, I'll let you get in trouble for a platform. Jonah, I'll let you go in the belly of a whale for a platform. Even their failure was a platform. Even their failure was a platform. 
So in this passage, we're in the middle of transition of Peter seeing this boat as a boat and Jesus seeing this boat as a platform. And it's how you look, is, look at it determines what it becomes because ultimately your perspective is everything. Peter at this point had never used his boat as a pulpit, but Jesus is asking you today, your boat is my pulpit and it's my platform. Can I use it? God will let you win the fight you're in just so you can understand that his winning is your platform. Look at your neighbor and say, your boat is his platform. Come on, tell them until they understand it. Your boat is his platform. See, God God may have just put your mom and your dad together so that they could have a baby because God needed a platform. And I wonder how many platforms are we aborting? How many, if we can really think about it, abortion is aborting platforms. Aborting children is aborting platforms. I wonder, I wonder, could the next scientist that could cure cancer be the child that you're aborting? Could the next president of the United States be the child that you're aborting? How many platforms are being aborted through abortion? Can I use your boat? So Jesus thrust out from land and preaches a sermon to the people. And the thing about this text is it never says what Jesus preached. And I'm like, how are you going to write a story about Jesus preaching a sermon and not say what he preached? It was because Luke didn't see what he said is important. None of the writers tell us what he said, but they did tell us what he did. Because what he said is in what he did. See, it doesn't really matter what you say. It matters what you do. Children don't remember when you tell them something, but they'll remember what you did for them. See, people don't care what you say. They care about what you did. Man, what kind of people are we to say that we're believers and have bad attitudes, leave terrible tips, cuss people out, treat our wives like they're garbage, treat our children like they're garbage? What kind of men are we? Jesus finished preaching, which wasn't the point. It led to the point. The sermon that he preached wasn't the point. It was a setup for a situation that God wanted to create as a test for Peter. Ben, if you could go ahead and get over here with the net. I'm just going to use a little bit of illustration. So I talked about the people and I talked about the platform. Now I want to talk about priorities. So after Jesus just finished preaching, he walks over to Peter and he says, listen, man. You should launch out into the deep. You should launch out into the deep. Priorities. See, this is a big, big, because Peter did not have anywhere in his mind to go try again. Peter had given up. He said, I've been out there all day. Everything that I knew how to catch a fish wouldn't work. He had no try again in his spirit. He had no one more, t- one more time that was gone. He had given up. He had said, it's not going to happen. And then Jesus walks over and says, you should launch out into the deep, Peter. The Bible said that he was washing his nets. 
Peter thought it was over. He thought he was finished. It didn't happen. It wasn't working. It didn't go good. He had finished. He had decided to quit. I'm getting a divorce. I'm quitting this job. I'm done. I'm done. I'm washing my nets. I'm done. But God sent me tonight to tell somebody, do not give up on what you're about to give up because God is about to do a new thing. And just at the moment when you said, I don't have anything else, Jesus is walking over tonight. Peter, launch out into the deep. (laughs) Peter, launch out into the deep. I know you've worked all day, you've put all your experience, all your effort, everything you knew to do to how to get it. I knew it didn't work, but just try one more chance. Try one more time. Peter, launch out into the deep is what he said. Look at your neighbor and say, try again, but this time go deeper. Don't don't throw your net in the shallow water. It hasn't worked up to this point. Don't throw that thing into the shallow water. God tonight is saying, throw it into the deep. Peter's saying, listen, I've been out here all night. There ain't nothing out there, Jesus. You don't understand. This is something you may be saying. This child is crazy. This marriage is crazy. This job doesn't make sense. But God tonight says, go deeper. See, this is the definition of faith. (laughs) To go deeper into something that isn't working. He said, launch out into the deep. See, what God has for you tonight is in the deep. Stop looking at God as some shallow God. Look at your neighbor and say, what God has for you is in the deep. He's not a shallow God. He's not a one foot in and one foot out God. He's a deep God. And if you're going to get all that God has for you, you have to be all in. Tell your neighbor, I'm all in. Launch out into the deep. I've got my net ready. I'm done washing this thing. I'm ready to launch out into the deep. See, deep cries out to deep. Deep cries out to deep, and I just need to know tonight, is there anybody's deep that's casting out into the deep tonight? I just need to know, is somebody's deep, is somebody's deep crying out to deep tonight? And y'all are quiet up in here. Jesus said, listen, Peter, I can preach in the shallow water, but it's only in the deep is where you're going to get blessed. I told you at the beginning that everything in this text is moving. See, Peter thinks it's over. It's not. It's just moving. So you think your life is over. It's not over. It's just changed. It's just moving. The water's moving. The boat's moving. The people are moving. The net is moving. Everything in this text is moving. Your God is a moving God. He's always moving, and guess what? Even when you don't see it, he's moving. Everything in your life is moving. Your money is moving. That's why they call it currency. You think it's in your wallet? No, it's not. It's moving. Everything is moving. You just have to get into the flow and step into the deep where your blessing is. See, God blesses you based upon your investment into the deep. Your blessing is based upon your investment into the deep. And if you would look back upon your life, I guarantee you, you've only been blessed according to how, how far you've been invested. Woo. 
Hallelujah. The Bible says that when Peter launched out into the deep, he dropped his nets. See, he didn't just trust Jesus enough to go to the deep. He trusted Jesus enough to go to the deep and drop everything he had. He said, Jesus, I'm not only going to go out to the deep, but everything I got in my hands, I'm going to throw it out to the deep with me. He was obeying what God had told him to do. Here's the thing that as I was reading this, I understood that Peterman, or Peter was a fisherman, which means he knows the waters. He was raised in these waters. He was trained in these waters. And he wouldn't be washing his nets if all of his experience had said it's not going to work. In order for him to go into the deep, he had to fight against everything that his experience said about the situation. God is about to give someone tonight something in which you have no reference to. It won't be because of your background. It's not going to make sense to you. Everything in your experience is going to say it won't work that way. But it's going to come to pass in your life, not because of anything else, but because you obeyed the word and said launch out into the deep. Touch everybody you can reach and tell them, stop washing your nets. Stop washing your nets. God is not finished with you yet. God is not through blessing you. God is not through healing you. God is not through raising you up. Stop washing your nets. What I'm trying to tell you is that God is going to use the thing that you have put away and thought you would never use again. Get your nets back out. Get your vision back. Get your strength back. Get your enthusiasm back. Get your joy back. You've had a, a give up spirit. And right now, we just come against every give up spirit in this room. We come against every I can't do it spirit. We come against the spirit of failure. The spirit of I'm not good enough. We bind that spirit right now in the name of Jesus. you got to get out of God's people. Look at the people around you and tell them your nets are going to break but with blessing they're going to be stretched i can see them right now they're going to be stretched listen in a text that doesn't give me the sermon it does give peter uh, it does give a stress test on peter's nets the bible said that his nets in some translations began to break that they didn't break and i want to preach to somebody who's been at your breaking point You've said, I can't do this. I can't do this any longer. And you're so busy looking at the stress on the net that you don't even realize what's in the net. Don't let, don't let the stress and the work of the blessing blind you to the blessing. Dear God, that was good. If you're going to have more fish, you have to be stretched. Success doesn't feel like success in the moment. It may look like success, but it doesn't feel successful. And whatever you get, whatever, when you get whatever it is that you have imagined, it, 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 it will not feel like, like what you think it would. So the Bible doesn't tell us about the fish with, without telling us about the stress. <laughs> See, everybody else is talking about what you've got, but you're feeling what it costs you. Don't let the stress of your nets make you blind to the fish. The enemy will always show you the stress so you miss the blessing. 
Don't get so involved with the stress of the nets that you ignore the fish. The level of blessing is weighed by the tension of your net. If you ever go fishing, it's only when your line is tense, when you have something on the other end. If you notice when, when, when there's a lot of slack in your line and when the pole's perfectly straight, you don't have anything on the other end of that fishing pole. But the moment there gets some stress on the pole and the moment the line begins to get tense and it begins to get stressed, it's at that moment when you know there's something. There's something on the other side of that net. Oh, stress is an indicator that there's a blessing on the other side. Hallelujah. 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 It's only when your line is tense is when you have something. That feeling of stress is a sign that God has something heavy coming your way. And it will always happen when you least expect it. It's at the moment when you're washing your nets, when you're about to give up, is when Jesus walks over, launch out into the deep. Try one more time, Peter. It's not when he's out there fishing. It's when he's giving up on everything and washing his nets because he's done is when Jesus walks over. Maybe you're saying, see, what would have happened is if you would have caught it caught it outside in the deep when you were fishing for it, you would have bragged about how good a fisherman you were. But when you had given up, God says, I will open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that you do not have room enough to contain it. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. See, if you would have caught it when you were out there, you would have thought it was on your own strength. But God had to wait until there was nothing left of you, till you were down to the last straw. So that way you would know that it wasn't you. Hallelujah. See, what set all this off was priorities, and the principles of the kingdom are always based off of priorities. When you show God that he's first is when he'll reward you. In the very beginning, this is what opened up the door for the blessing. You gave me your boat for my platform. You put the kingdom ahead of your vision. See, you thought it was either or. You thought it was either you get the fish or the boat. It's not either or, it's and with. My next point that I want to get to, and I promise you that I'm trying to get through this, but there's so much in the story. My next point is that Peter was pregnant. Now, just follow me. You're probably like, where in the world is this man going? Just follow me, please. When Jesus told Peter to launch out into the deep, Peter responded, telling Jesus about the labor pains. <laughs> Jesus is talking to Peter about fish, and Peter's response was, I have toiled all night. Jesus said, you're supposed to toil all night. You're pregnant. Peter had been toiling all night because of what he was about to catch the next day. He was having labor pains. That's all it was. Pregnancy is labor. And I want to talk to somebody this evening who's been in a period where all hell is breaking loose. You've been in your last straw, but I can, you can ask any pregnant woman. The last trimester is her worst. She's saying, I just can't wait to get out of this. I can't do anything. But it's when your pain is the greatest. It's at that moment when your baby's about to give birth. 
Peter had nothing more than labor pains because of what he was about to birth the next day. And you had to get here tonight because the Lord just wanted to remind you that your labor is not in vain. I'm going to catch that if nobody else is. He has not forgotten about your labor. You may have toiled all night, but joy comes in the morning. I've never had a blessing or seen a blessing that didn't have labor pains before it. I've never seen a blessing that didn't come without a great stretching. Your blessing's coming to pass. I said your blessing's coming to pass. So you may as well get in a spiritual birth position because God is about to open up the windows of heaven. Good measure pressed down, shaken together, running over. It's coming. Look at your neighbor and say it's coming to pass. It's coming to pass. While you were washing your nets, Jesus was already out there calling your fish. When you said yes to me, have your boat, I started gathering up your blessing. When Peter got out there, he didn't have to wait on it. It was already there. That's why he told him to launch into the deep because the fish he had were already gathered in the deep. Jesus knew all along exactly where the blessing was. Jesus knew all along exactly where the blessing was going to come from. Jesus wasn't confused. He knew all along exactly when and where and how the blessing was going to come from. Peter didn't have to wait on it when he got there. It was there. But you thought you were saying yes to Jesus. But see... Your yes to Jesus opened up his yes to you. Can I have your boat? That's what opened up God's yes to Peter. Peter got blessed because his priorities were right. However, this is my favorite part. He got so blessed that he had to call his partners. And I want to talk to you a moment about the overflow. I want to talk to you about what David said. My cup runneth over just say my cup runneth over i want to talk to you about the overflow where everything connected to you is going to get blessed because of you you're either going to be the one with the priority and get blessed because of your priorities or you're going to be the one that's blessed because you were connected to the one that had the priority in line it went from, listen to this quick transition it went from peter can i use your boat to Peter saying, my blessing's so big, I need some help getting it back to shore. Jesus says, Peter, can I use your boat? Just a few verses later, friends, my blessing's so big, I need some help getting this thing back to shore. Talk about a quick transition. And went from Peter, can I use your boat to help? I have so many fish. And some of you are going to be called into a blessing that you had nothing to do with. (laughs) But because of your relationship, you're going to get houses you didn't build. You're going to get vineyards you didn't grow. You see, here's what happened. You watched God bless Peter, and you've been wondering, where is my turn? See, Peter reaped what he did sow, but you're going to reap what you didn't sow. Peter got blessed because of his relationship with Jesus. Some of you will be blessed because of your relationship with Peter. And if you break covenant with Peter, you're going to lose your fish. So I come tonight to tell you that if you break that covenant, you're going to lose your fish. 
That is why it's important to partner up with the right people. But watch this. You can't partner with what you're jealous of. You can't be a hater and a partner. It's important who you partner with. The anointing that you respect is the anointing that you receive. Whatever you're partnered with, that's going to be what's coming back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, but that's good or bad. If you're partnered to bad, it's coming. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. But if you're partnered to good, it's coming back the same way. When the partners got fish, they had so much that they looked like who they were connected to. They looked like Peter. I'm closing so the musicians can get ready. The next point I want to talk about is prophets. P-R-O-F-I-T-S. So you guys can... Santi, I know you're back there laughing. If God didn't want you to make a prophet, then this story makes no sense. The Bible says that their nets began to sink and then their boats began to sink. So their only problem was now their prophets. Peter's problem went from I have nothing to I have so much. I can see them now rowing, hoping that they can make it because they have so much profit. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Talk about a transition in the story. Peter went from having nothing to having overflow. Why can I use your boat? And if it ever sank into our head with what I'm saying, that he wants to take you from washing your nets, a place of nothing, to where your only problem is going to be, how can I get this blessing back to shore? Listen, you don't have to believe what I'm saying, but while you're in unbelief, don't mind me. Just watch me row. Sit there in unbelief, but just watch me row back to shore. Doubt me. Just watch me. Just watch me row right to the shore. Don't believe in me. Don't mind me while I'm rowing. I'm rowing. His problem went from having nothing to having so much you didn't know how to get back to shore with it. And that was after having help. <laughs> you can doubt, you can doubt me, you can doubt anybody in this room, but, but if you want to, I believe that your eyes have not seen, that your ears have not heard, nor has it even entered. <laughs> into the heart of man the things that God has desired for your life and if you believe that I dare you to just stand on your feet right now in this moment and give God a praise that says I'm done washing my nets I'm done washing my nets no 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 you gotta say I'm done washing my nets I'm done washing my nets here's the thing you can be done washing them but you still can't hold on to them Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, come on, wake them up. If you obey God, you'll never be broke another day in your life. Neighbor, if you obey God, you'll never be washing your nets again. Neighbor, if you obey God, you'll never be washing your nets again. 
Neighbor, if you obey God, you'll never go without. Hallelujah. Say this last thing. Neighbor, if you obey God, you'll never be washing your nets. You'll be living in overflow. My last point is that Jesus repositioned them. On their way in, Jesus says, on their way in from getting the blessing, Jesus says, from henceforth you shall be fishers of men. He was just repositioning them. What Jesus has just done is stopped calling them by their history and called them into their destiny. Peter was a fisherman. That was his history. Now Jesus is repositioning them and calling them fishers of men. What Jesus has just done, I'm going to repeat it again, has stopped calling them by their history and started calling them into their destiny. Everything you went through with the fish was to prepare you to be a fisher of men. The stress was preparation. The anxiety was preparation. The confusion was preparation for God to call you a fisher of men. Jesus picked 12 disciples and on the day of Pentecost, so you guys remember that, that Jesus just said Peter would be from henceforth, you will be fishers of men. Follow me. Jesus then picks 12 disciples. If you catch this, it's going to blow your mind. At least it did mine. And on the day of Pentecost, in spite of the fact that Peter had denied him, you know why Jesus preached on the day of Pentecost? Because Jesus promised him that he would. Why? He said, from henceforth, you will be fishers of men. And then he led 3,000 people to Jesus. Peter didn't know, but when Jesus said, From henceforth you will be fishers of men. He was only prophesying that on the day of Pentecost he would be preaching and lead 3,000 people to Jesus. Pick up your Bibles. This is the last thing I got. Let's go back to Luke chapter 5 verse 1. Band, stay with me. Band, stay with me. I'm in... um, The New King James Version, your may be a little differently. But Luke chapter 5, verse 1, I'm going to read the first five words. (laughs) And it came to pass. And it came to pass. Touch five people and say, it came to pass. It came to pass. Just when you thought it was too late, it came to pass. Just when you had given up, it came to pass. Just when you thought it couldn't happen, it came to pass. Jesus is saying tonight, if you'll give me your boat, we'll go deeper. So here's my altar call. It's for three types of people. My altar call is for three types of people. People who have tried everything in the natural and it's not working. I'll just, you've said this, I'll just settle and wash my nets. I'll just settle and wash wash my nets. I'll get used to an empty boat. And God is challenging you today 
to launch out deeper than you have ever launched before. So before I move on to the next altar call, that's the first one. And if you're in here tonight and you think you've tried everything in the natural and it's not working out and you have settled with just washing your nets, please come forward. Come on, I know there's somebody in here. You've said, you know what, God, this just isn't for me. I've tried everything in the natural mind. This just isn't for me. I'm going to settle with not enough. I'm going to settle with this. You've said, I'll get used to an empty boat. The second altar call. There are people in this room who you, you could have taken in more fish, but you didn't have the partners that could have helped you. And that led you to an isolation which has caused destruction. You've missed the harvest that you could have had. And God wants to, you to make some connections today because what he has for you is bigger than you. So this is the person that you've gone to the deep, but you just didn't have the right resources. You just didn't have the right connections to bring in a bigger load than what you could have. If that's you, don't wait, come forward. Come on, you know deep down inside you could have brought more to shore. You've said, listen, if I had more friends, if I had more people around me, I could have done a lot better. The last one. The Bible says that at the end of the story, they forsook all to follow Jesus. And I need to know that what are you holding on to that's keeping you from following Jesus? God wants to take you to the deep, but it requires you to let go of something. So this is somebody that you know God's calling you to the deep. You know God's calling and trying to pull more out of you. But there's just something that you're gripping on to. And you know what that is. This altar call is for you. Come on, we're just going to wait because I know there are more than two people in the room. How about this? Because I know this will cover everybody. If you're done washing your nets and you're ready to launch deeper, come forward. Come on, if you're sick and tired with not having not enough, if you want to do things for the kingdom of God and you just don't have enough, that's for you. If you're driving by someone and want to bless them and you don't have enough, this is for you. God says tonight, can I use your boat? Peter's yes is what qualified him for the deep. Peter's yes is what qualified him for the deep. Come on, squeeze in here, squeeze in here, squeeze in here, squeeze in here.